With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Athlete or Podcast is back. Rich Lovett, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm really good. So I saw you entered for the Open, and I got real, real excited. You know, you took a year to redshirt. And tell me how things have been going and what you've kind of been focusing on here in the last calendar year. Um, things have been going real well. I only got I only competed at one open this year. Went to Wyoming for the Wyoming Open. Mm-hmm. And that went well. I beat up on some guys over there. And then uh I got to go to France for the I don't remember what the tournament was called, but a freestyle yeah, tournament there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a pretty good time just getting to travel and do that thing a little bit. I haven't been overseas to compete since I was like a junior in high school on the cadet world team. So that was pretty cool. Just getting to go and experience that again. And uh, it's been good just in the room every day, grinding, lifting hard, just all the stuff that like I would have done my freshman year, just getting it done, getting better. All right. So let's, you say that, right? So, You've seen now the Nebraska room um, kind of change, evolve over the last couple of years. Do you have any regrets about not redshirting your true freshman year? Uh, no, only only that NCAA's got canceled. Right. That's That'd really be it. It was kind of like a trial by fire kind of thing. Like, I got to wrestle Seth Gross, DeSanto, RBY, I wrestled them back to back to back, but like I got to wrestle some of the best guys in the 33 weight class, like the last 10 years, like these guys were hammers. Everybody knows them. So it was like kind of cool to get out there and scrap with those guys, but it was, it was good. I feel like it kind of jumpstarted me a little bit and it kind of like moving into my sophomore junior year this year, it was kind of like, it showed me where I needed to be. And it was like I was hanging with those guys. It was a scrap, so it kind of it gave me some confidence that I'm re- like I'm here, but I still need to grow. Mm. Um, what was it like? So okay, so now you take second in the country. It seems like you know you're on a little bit of a high there. What is the conversation like with Coach Manning, with Coach Snyder? What is it like saying, hey, I, I think I need a year to kind of grow as a, as a wrestler? What, what Did you sit them down? Did they talk to you about it? Yeah, so I had, like, independent conversations with, like, both of them. Like, me and Snyder, like, right when I came back from doing camps and stuff, we, me and Snyder went out to eat, and uh, it was just like we were talking about where we're going to go for the upcoming season. I was thinking about maybe going 41, maybe staying at 49. Because last year, I was only walking around at like 51, 52. I wasn't a big 49. So I was like, I could probably make it. But now I was up to, at the beginning of this year, I was up to like 60. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, yeah, 41, that might might be a tough cut. 
But we started. I started making the cut, and like me and Snyder, when we talked about it, we kind of decided that it was going to be forty-one a redshirt. If I could get down to forty-one and feel good and compete there, I would wrestle forty-one. And me and Brock were going to have a wrestle off, and then I got down to like forty-three, forty-four. It was kind of like a same thing as my freshman year. I was cutting a whole bunch of weight, and it was like a I don't know if this is going to be maintainable for me to compete well and cut all this weight. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of made the decision. I went downstairs. I had a well, Weeda, our trainer, came over and he was talking to me about it because that's my guy when it comes to this weight cutting stuff, all the other stuff. Like Weeda's the man, and I was talking to him, and he was like, "If if you like, if this isn't what you want to do." Just tell him. I was like, okay. So then I went down and had the conversation with Manning. And he was like, let's do it. If we're going to redshirt, let's redshirt. Let's do it. I was like, all right, let's get it. Yeah. What's that process like uh, from going, you know, being the guy to now being a redshirt? Um, do you still get the same focus in the room? Or, or is, are you a little bit more independent on, on how you work through things on a day-to-day basis? No, I like I didn't lose anything from the coaches. Like it was, it was pretty much the same as it's always been. There was some like FOMO, like especially the worst one was probably in Vegas. Like when we went to Vegas, like there's like no security. Like I was mat side for every match. There was like pictures of me like standing on the stage after Mikey beat uh, Mikai Lewis. So it was like that was the one where it was like really. I was like, dang, like this this is tough. This is gonna be a long year. Some of the duels too. The duels were like just sitting on the side cheering. It was a little bit different, but no, nah, everything was pretty much the same, other than a little bit of FOMO. <laughs> Tell me what it was. What do you like better? Do you like competing at these events like CKLV, or do you like kind of being in the stand or coaching? Oh, definitely competing. There, there. I was definitely missing out a little bit. Just. It's a great time getting out there to scrap. Like that's why I do it. I love to do it. So it it was tough, but like getting to watch NCAs this year was awesome. Getting to sit up in the stands, go up, see friends who had like booths up top, going to sit in the box seats, watch the matches. It, it was a good time. Watching it's a great tournament. Like it's a great like as a fan. This is like one of the first years that I watched it as like a fan, dude. It was it was awesome. It was so much fun. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, when you – so here's here's the tricky part for me. You, did you start getting down to 41 and then realize this is going to suck and then just decide not to do it? Yeah, I was down to like 43. I was coming – I like came – I was coming into practice at like 46, mm-hmm. 40, 46, 47. And I was like, this is going to suck. And then, like, I was getting a little nervous because my freshman year, that weight cut was brutal. And I'm not a great weight cutter. Like, I, I can do it. I'm tough. I can I can get the weight off. But it was like I've never really cut weight like that before. And I'm super skinny. I don't have a lot to lose. So I'm really just sucking it out of me every time. And I was just like, there was a little bit of, like, I was scared a little bit. Like, I don't want to have a repeat of my freshman year. But – yeah, I was getting down, and then we were like, "Yeah." So here's the tricky part to me. Like, we got a kid that is in a <clears throat> similar situation. Okay, similar situation in that he's kind of between weight classes, and similar situation in in that the team 
aspect makes it trickier. Everybody wants to be part of a good team until they ain't got a spot. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. It's tricky, right? That gets really, really tricky. How do you, what is the, like, give me a two-step process, even if it, two, three-step process for talking yourself into a mock cut because that's what it is that sucks like there's one thing to like all right i gotta cut this weight and then i'm gonna go i'm gonna go take it out on whomever is in front of me but now it's like i gotta cut this weight and just you know put on shorts and t-shirt and go practice that sucks mm -hmm. so like the first part would be making the diet changes getting rid of the crap just focusing on the good stuff lots of water just pushing that was like one of like the hardest things is like remembering to like just pound water just like overloading on the water because like i don't i don't drink as i don't drink nearly as much water as i should anyway and then when it's like during the weight cut like a lot of kids get confused with like if I'm drinking all this water, I'm going to be gaining weight. No, that water is going to come right out of you. You're going to pee it out. You're going to sweat it out in practice. The water is just going to flush. And then that makes the rehydration after the weight cut easier. Like once you've made weight, putting the water down, like your body doesn't really feel as dehydrated as if you weren't doing it right. But uh, yeah, just changing the diet. And then like when I changed my diet, I dropped from 60 to 54 like, or I guess I was 56 at practice. So it was like, I lost four or five, six pounds just by changing my diet and just focusing on putting in the water. And then it's uh, really just managing where you're at, setting goals. Like for the end of this week, like I don't want to leave out of practice on Friday above 149.9. If I'm not below 150, I'm probably going to have to do some extra just so when I go into the weekend, because I think we're flying out on Tuesday. And like when we leave, like I don't want to be that far over. I probably only want to get like one workout to get it off. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it would be changing your diet, setting weight goals for yourself, keeping yourself accountable. Like if you don't meet meet those goals, you got to do extra work to make sure that you're at that weight. And then it would probably be just planning, make mm -hmm. sure that, like. What was it about like so? And and obviously this is going to be different from person to person. But what was it that you had to kind of really focus on on getting out of your diet um just eating out eating late mm. like i'm i'm in my bed at 8 30 at night and i'm just like nine o'clock at night and i'm like dang like i'm kind of hungry going upstairs eating junk food in the cabinets door dashing something running the mcdonald's it's basically so i try to eat like before six o'clock and once i eat at six i won't eat again I like WIDA kind of works with us like on intermittent fasting. So it's like, I won't eat till noon and then I'll eat at six and that's it. I eat my two meals and the rest of it is just shoving water. Cause a lot of times like when you get hungry, if you drink a bottle of water, you're going to be fine. So those were like the main ones is cutting out the snacks, cutting out the super late night eating and just like, just being disciplined. For the meals that you are having, uh, how do you know what what to be eating? Are you working with you know a nutritionist or somebody at the school who's helping you to like put together a diet plan, or is that something you're you're kind of uh, up to on your own? Uh, so our nutrition staff in Nebraska is amazing. Like the stuff that they provide for us is insane. I don't I haven't 
heard of anything like what we've got. But so like our my nutritionist, my freshman year, she was the one who kind of like set the game plan for me. And her name was Nwani. She's the nutritionist for Team USA now at the Olympic Training Center. Like we got, we stole her from them and then they stole her back. So it kind of sucks that she's gone, but her and Wida are, well, she was like my go-to resource. And then her and Wida kind of worked together with me to figure out the diet plan to get all that weight off. And now I just kind of stick with that. <clears throat> you know, 49, 41, but now 65K, so that's 143 pounds. Is that kind of like perfect for you? Like, how do, how do you feel? Have you done a mock cut at 43? No, not yet. No. Because when we went to France, it, I wrestled 65, but it was actually 67. We had a two-kilo allowance. Mm -hmm. And that, was, that one was kind of tough just because, like, the travel was so long. So it was like, that was a whole day. Like I was just in the airports. I didn't get to work out. And then when we got there, it was like the room that we were in, it was, it was crazy. It was so small. They had like two like miniature mats pushed together. And then there was like a, like a wall with like another mini mat right next to it. So it was like, there was like probably 16, 20 guys wrestling in like, I don't know, like a bedroom sized wrestling room, like a master bedroom sized wrestling room. It was like, well, at least it was the master bedroom. Yeah. I, I was looking at my room. I was thinking, well, it's probably not this small, but like the one mat, the single mat was about as big as my room. And then the other one was like two of them. I was like, dang, I don't, it was like you're wrestling, but it's like, you're trying to wrestle in one spot because if somebody shoots through you, well, you're going to land on the kids behind you. If they cut the corner on that double, you're going to land on the kids next to you. The other side's a wall. So it's like, we're trying to wrestle while staying in one spot. And I'm like, this is crazy. So the train, like the weight cut for the workout side wasn't great. And then like nutrition wise, it seemed like in France, all they did was eat bread. So I'm like, I'm trying to like figure You're out what I'm far off, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this this is gonna be tough. So then that the weight cut wasn't great. We went to like we found like a workout facility, like a gym, but everything in France was so small. Like the gym was like two floors, but it was like it was so small. Everything was just shoved in there together, and then you go up the stairs and they have a few more things. And I was like, okay, here we go. Hopped on a treadmill and got it done. Went to this. We went to a sauna. And that was different. The saunas in France. That was that was a. I'm listening. You just got to me about people without clothes on. Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, it was. You had to be naked. Like you could wear your towel. It was just France was different. That weight cut was crazy. It was funny. Like we go to the sauna and we go in there and it's like you have to go like down into like underneath where you walk in. Like you go down the stairs like into the basement almost. It opened up, but it was there were like rooms in there. I was like, yeah, don't go in the rooms. <laughs> and they had like the sauna. It was pitch black in the sauna. We're in there. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like there was like probably like ten other USA guys in there cutting weight. I I went in there with uh, Terrell took me and Reese Humphrey was there and we're sitting in there. And we're like, oh my gosh, dude, this is this is crazy. A little wild. A little wild. It was wild. I was like, this is nuts. Well, so then we. So hold on now, hold on, hold on. I, I I don't want. I do want to hear more about this craziness. But 
if you could tell a kid, right? Because because your last international tour was you made the Greco, the U seventeen Greco team back mm-hmm. in what was nineteen, eighteen. I think it was. Might have been seventeen. I think uh, it was 17. seventeen. Whatever, two thousand seventeen, right? And where where were the world championships that year? Where were cadets? Athens. Okay, so that's still Europe. So it's not it's not like completely different, but but if you could tell a kid, because you get a little bit more sheltered w- with those cadet mm-hmm. tours. <laughs> that's, I'm going to put that pretty mildly. How about okay? um but but if you can tell a kid like hey here's how you here's how you mitigate your way through europe on a on a weight cut what would you tell them to do shoot get the weight off before you leave get get within striking distance before you leave when you get there you need to be ready like one workout i can get on weight i wasn't quite there i was probably like what was i i was wrestling 49 i was probably like 10 over two days like the day before I was like, okay, this will be nothing. I'm going to bust my ass in this workout, get off six, seven, eight. Then I'm go to bed, wake up, get a workout in before. Right, sweat, right. Yep, just keep it the same as college season. But like when we got back, but it didn't exactly go that way. I wasn't expecting the practice facility to be so small. But then we uh, we get there to the tournament the next day, and it was like the gym was freezing. I was like, I was just here yesterday and it was fine. They and they just must have just turned off the heat overnight and it got cold. And we walked in there. I was like, I only brought like a crew neck. So I'm like asking, I was asking Pern, I'm like, yo, can I wear yours too? Because I like I'm freezing. I'm not gonna be able to break a sweat. I came all the way to France. I'm gonna miss weight. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm fixing the bus weight niece right now, dude. That's what I'm saying. It was nuts. I was like, no shot. And Terrell, like the whole time, he was like, "Should I be like nervous yet?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 we're good, we're good." But then that morning when I walked in there, it was by the way, was- when an athlete says that, that is 100% reason for alarm. As mm. soon as I hear him, like, "No, it's fine, bullshit, it's fine, it ain't fine," you're still uh, over. I, I was good. I was cool. I was I wasn't tripping about it. I'm like, "Yeah, we're good." But then what? That morning, like he asked me like three or four times, he's like, "Should I be nervous for you yet?" And I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." Then we get into that morning. I'm running for like 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like barely starting to sweat. I'm like, hey, Turby, you can be nervous now. I'm starting to get nervous. But yeah, no, for kids that are going overseas, um, like with like the cadet teams, like when you have the sheltering, you have all that other stuff, they'll have thing, different things planned out. But just prepare for the worst. Like bring a full, I, I usually try to bring like two extra cutting weight, like sets, sweats, hoodie, any, anything else you need, running shoes, bring an extra pair of running shoes because if yours get all wet, you're not going to want to run in those again. So, like, I bring, like, two of everything, two extra of everything, just so if it goes bad, you'll be fine. And bring your stuff in your backpack. Don't, don't put your wrestling tip. shoes and singlets in your suitcase. Pro tip. Yeah, we had guys at the airport for a couple hours out there waiting for their stuff. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrestle. I don't have singlets. I don't have my wrestling shoes. I, I only have, like, my laptop. But, yeah, that was dumb. So you've gotten to, obviously, compete at very high levels, cutting weight, not cutting weight. What do you think are, are kind of the biggest differences in your performance as well as kind of your day-to-day? Yeah, uh, 
having like a manageable weight cut something that like so if like for me last year i could i definitely could have been bigger for 49 because it was like every day after practice i was like two three pounds under and i was like dang so i'm eating 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 but it was like that's just how big i was at that time probably could have done a little more lifting in the off season kind of like i've done this year like 60 i feel like that's a good size after practice i'm getting down to 55 so that's like one maybe two more good workouts and i'm going to be on way i'll be fine one or two more workouts with meals too yes yeah right that's a big deal dude like mm. we forget that like oh yeah i if i'm eating i'm, I'm going to feel better mm -hmm. that was like i give a lot of credit to that for like fargo because like when i was wrestling at fargo it was four weigh-ins now it's just three it's one weigh-in for greco and then two weigh-ins for freestyle but like when i was wrestling there my first couple of years like we were weighing in four times you scratch was it scratch plus two mm -hmm. yeah scratch plus two day off then scratch plus two mm -hmm. it was like you're going up down up down so it's like we're at the hotel cutting weight doing doing all our stuff then like you have to go wrestle you have to like not hold your weight down because like i'm you're gonna wrestle seven matches I made it to the finals and it's like my finals match this is my seventh match you can't wrestle seven matches when you're holding your weight down so it's like finding a comfortable like how far you can go up knowing what you should be eating eating after every match so it's like i don't know there's some planning that goes into it for sure and just being like aware yeah well, where did like, you learn that because it, you don't get very many instances to, or or shots at replicating something like Fargo, right? Like that, it's kind of its own beast, dude. So where did you learn how to do that? Um, Chris Owens helped me a lot. He's the he was our coach for Idaho, and you know old coach of Boise State, and he had he's been doing this for a while, so he knew what was up. And just working with him, he was always keeping me on it, making sure I was on top of what I was doing. And then Coach Delchev. You know, everyone's outside on loser lane trading all their stuff and he he's like ridge what are you doing no you, you you stay inside you don't go outside like when you're at fargo staying inside don't be sitting outside in the heat because it's it's insanely hot when you go outside every time every it's like time 300 degrees in the shape it's 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 mind-boggling yeah like, so it's just the north dude like what are we talking about <laughs> i don't even know but in the winter time apparently it's frozen wasteland just, yeah i haven't been there i haven't been there when it's cold i was just there every summer just like i do not want to be outside and you have the kids like running cutting weight outside i'm like you guys are tripping you guys are nuts go back to the hotel also you're gonna get a heat stroke bro but yeah, just, it, it is it literally is it, it's over 100 and like 100 percent humidity yeah and mosquitoes will like drag you away like mm -hmm. they're it's brutal there it's it, you know the more i look at it fargo for us is like kids uregan <laughs> it's it's crap travel you know it's like the the accommodations are you know less than great the food is less than great you know it's like it's 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 something man like i guess it's more of like the experience it's almost like a rite of passage for a lot of these kids you know yeah like shoot i went five times like Fargo, that was that was my tournament, and now going back every year and coaching with Idaho, coaching is so much harder than wrestling. 
so much harder because like when i when i was seeing about i was thinking no way like i just i wrestled 14 matches but it's 14 matches over five days and now i go there and i'm coaching 200 matches in those five days because i'm coaching cadets and then juniors and it's like they go back to the hotel but the coaches are still there and then it's like they got me running over to the bunker running a workout over there for the other guys that are okay so now some of the kids don't really know what's going on i'm like okay so you can't touch the legs this is greco like what do you mean i'm like you can't shoot got oh, it okay i'm like cool. oh, here we go but so yeah. it seems like something that should have been worked out earlier but fine whatever yeah <laughs> most we're pretty good about it like our fargo camp they do a good job chris has been running it for a long time i'm gonna go back and help coach that again that's always a good time and uh we, we've done well the last couple of years chris has done some things he's got some stuff figured out i think we took like our juniors last year i think they took like fifth and third it was fargo was a good time especially all that winning love winning at fargo so you've got to uh you know compete at fargo several times you've also got the chance to to coach there uh what are some differences that you've noticed uh, you know, from your childhood to now, you know, getting a chance to coach and seeing a, a little bit of a younger generation. Um, it's It's been a really good time. I've really enjoyed it because like wrestling in college, like all these kids know me, like going to the Fargo camps, going to all the camps when I was younger. It's like I, I've known a lot of these, a lot of these kids for a long time. So it's like now getting to come back and like help them trying to do what I was trying to do. Like it's it's just been awesome. It's like it's a way for me to like give back because so many people did so many things for me when I was in high school, doing all this stuff, going to different places, having training partners, people going to these tournaments. So I have people there that I know. Like, uh, it's just been awesome. That's all I got. It's been awesome. So, can I talk about like? So I remember, you know, for me, watching you at Fargo was really interesting because you have a very I wouldn't even really interesting style of wrestling. You are, you can scramble like a lot of the, the better PA kids, right? Like a lot of the, the leg, the, the leg attack defense stuff that you see uh, from a lot of the East coast guys, they do really well. You can, you can wrestle up top like, a Minnesota guy. Mm -hmm. So where, how do you develop that type of a style of wrestling, man? Because it's so weird, not weird. I shouldn't say weird, really kind of eccentric, like this really sh like hard to plan for style of wrestling. How did you develop that? I think it was, it came from being committed to all three styles, like with the folk style stuff, like that's where all my scrambling came from is just wrestling with folk style and i had some wrestling nerds on my team and we'd be sitting there watching different leg passes like i remember when jesse delgado was wrestling with nation i was like i was sitting downstairs on the computer i watched it like five times i'm like this is crazy and i go to practice the next day and my friend Braden was like yeah dude like so this is how you think he does it and like just like playing around with it learning the leg passes all this different stuff and my coach, uh, my club coach, he was a he was a wrestling nerd. He was having like we were drilling leg passes in practice. We were drilling Gadsons after Gadson Pin Snyder is what we called that. A step out, boom. And I was like, yeah. So like, 
our a lot our team got really good at like a lot of that stuff and uh then like wrestling upper body that's just it's greco when people come up top and now i'm developed like i've been working a lot with snyder on if i'm in if i have my underhook getting to attacks which was fine but now like coming out of an over under when they have an underhook as well still being able to get to legs i still have all my throws and then a lot of it just came from a lot of that comes from pace too just like i don't really get tired when i'm wrestling just being able to push the pace the whole time and then that's that's i feel like that's a lot of the reason why i win a bunch of those scrambles is because when you get in a scramble with someone for 45 seconds to a minute like a lot of people like that'll be it yeah they'll be gas like they, they they don't have anything left after that but then just being able to just to keep wrestling through the position well, that's interesting too though okay because now you're talking right so like we look at it as okay one more position one more position right like if the if the sequence goes seven steps you have to be ready to go eight mm -hmm. and if the sequence goes eight you have to be ready to go nine and it's just like fine so how do you train yourself to do that is there like a process that you can kind that you can kind of point to where you put yourself in those positions or is it just like let's figure it out um it, there was definitely some let's just figure it out but a lot of it comes from like when you get into a position that you're probably not going to win changing it to a position even if like you're going backwards in the scramble going back like if someone's on a low ankle and like you start coming falling down falling off to the side kicking off the armpit they square up like coming back and putting it back into a shin wizard just changing it into positions that like you're comfortable in that you can win and uh a lot of it is just trying to stay comfortable and stay calm don't freak out when everything starts going crazy and just uh being willing to go backwards in the scramble to positions that you have already been in even if you lost it five seconds ago but going back to that and just trying really trying to get back to baseline how That's influential what, how influential has, has uh film been to kind of your development of your style um i i watch quite a bit of film i really i don't watch a whole bunch on myself but like i watch i'm kind of a wrestling nerd too i watch a lot of wrestling and just seeing different things like i like i like instagram now with all the reels and twitter when everyone's like showing the videos of these people who do all these crazy moves and stuff and just like throwing that in at practice but i don't i don't really know i try to not like watch film i just like to go wrestle i feel like when i watch a lot of film i get in my own head and then like i'm thinking about like okay like this kid does this he does this this and this so then like i'm sitting there wrestling trying to prevent those three things when and then that'll stop me from doing like what i do so i try to just focus on just really just go scrap like when i was wrestling Tariq, a lot of kids when like his arms are so long he's gonna these low ankles are gonna be like tough to stop well it was like for me it was like i'm just gonna put my hand on the ground and i'm just gonna pressure him the whole time mm. just That's put that hand down you mentioned earlier that you don't get tired when you're wrestling how okay this is I got I gotta think that it's different for every person, but how much of wrestling endurance is mental? How much of it is genetic? 
right? Because there's like, if we're going to just say that some people uh, genetically have stronger necks or stronger backs than other people, mm-hmm. well, then we have to assume that there is a, a modicum of genetic genetics to cardiovascular endurance. In, oh, for sure. In, that's 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 right? Hard. right? So how much of it is mental, right? Because you, like you said, you stay calm. And that helps a tremendous amount with cardiovascular endurance, right? Because you're not freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then how much of it can be trained? Um, I feel like you can, if, if you're lacking in the genetic part of it, you can definitely make up for it with the other stuff. Because like, if you think about it, like if you watch little kids play tag, they will sprint around for 10 minutes and then they'll be they'll be all tired but it's like a wrestling match like you're only out there for six minutes and you don't have to sprint the whole time like people think wrestling is like sprinting a marathon but it's not it's like hard 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 okay now it's like 70 percent, 70 percent, 70 percent, 100 percent, 70 percent. so it's like being able to kind of i don't know I, re- I don't really don't know how to explain it but just knowing it's only six minutes you can go hard for six minutes. You can run a mile in six minutes. Like you can go hard the whole time. And that's just like keeping the pace. But I don't know, just like knowing in your head, like you got six minutes to make this happen. Like, let's do it. It's kind of how I look at it. How comfortable or how did you kind of realize um, you know, that you could kind of find this comfort level of, you know, fluctuating between 70 and 100, you know, what a, what does that process look like for you for finding your pace? Um, really just, Snyder's been working with me a lot with that. Like, when we're wrestling live in the room and I'll just be kind of like wrestling and he's like, hey, pick it up. Like, just stay on him. So, like, a lot of that comes from, like, wrestling live, wrestling in the drills, like, not taking my time, fixing my socks, pull my knee pad, fix my shorts, pull my underwear out a little bit, like doing whatever. It's like, shoot, right? Finish the takedown, get up, back into the hand fight, shoot, back up. They shoot, give them a little feel, like whatever it is. And just like keeping that pace, keeping a good pace the whole practice. And then pushing it and conditioning. I always thought about conditioning is I'm super competitive. So it's like when, when we're doing conditioning, like I'm try- I'm going to win. We're doing sprints and it's like everyone's tired, but it's like, I'm going to win this sprint. I'm going to win every single sprint. Like you have the kids who are kind of like, oh, I'm going to win one or two of them. I'm going to kind of take it off at the beginning. I'm going to win the first one, the second one. I'm going to win every single one. And if I don't, I'm probably going to be tight. I'm going to be a little mad about it. But just. Wow. Where does that come from, Rich? The, the competitiveness? Yeah. Because like. I have it to a fault sometimes too, but it wasn't taught to me by my dad. My dad's like this easygoing kind of dude, right? Like I'm like, I'm trying to win horseshoes. Like I'm trying to like, when we play horseshoes, I'm trying to win. Like I'm, I'm for real. Like we play darts. Like I'm, I'm going triple twenties. Like, like I'm going hard. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just started like, playing golf with my friends like other kids on the team and some of them I won't allow myself to do it i won't i won't allow myself to do it because i'm going i would go down a rabbit hole 
and the next thing I know, I'm like 20 grand in the hole. It's just playing golf. That's, sure. that's where I'm on my way to. I'm on my way there. It's like we went a couple times, and now I'm like, I'm going to the range hitting balls by myself because I'm like, I suck at this, and my friends are beating me, and that is unacceptable. I've, yeah. I bought went and bought a net and put it in the backyard so I can hit golf balls into the net. And it's like we're going, boom, I hit it, and that ball goes 80 yards to the right, and it only went 70 yards. And I throw my club. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm going home. Like, it's just like – I don't know. It's just like I'm competitive. I want to win at everything. I think it was because my dad never let me win in board games when I was really little. He didn't let me win until I was actually beating him, and he created a monster. Dude, <laughs> can I tell you? Joel, remind what's her name to clip this. My dad, this son of a gun. My dad played ping pong with me for an entire summer. Like, I'm talking like like an entire summer. And I was like, you know, I'm like, right? I beat him one time. It was like August. I finally beat him. And he's like, okay, cool. Can we play again? He switched the paddle to his right hand. And he smoked me. He smoked me. I'm like, this son of a bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember like my one of my teachers called my mom when I was at school because I lost in a game and I was hot about it. I was not happy. And she was like, I like Ridge is super upset. He lost in this game. He's mad. Like, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. My mom was like, he has a phone to my dad and he's like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, he like we were playing like Jeopardy and he like his team lost and he was not happy about it. And I was like, what's going on? She said, I was like, I'm a winner. I want I want to win. And she was like, I don't I don't know if this is like healthy. And my dad was like, oh no, he's fine. Like, he'll be all right. But it's just I've always wanted to win at everything. I don't know. How important do you think that competitiveness has been? to, you know, competing and, uh, you know, accomplishing what you've accomplished in your career? I think it's a big part because, like, it also comes back, like, with the conditioning thing. Like, even if you are tired, I'm going to wrestle like I'm not. I'm going to do everything I can to win. And that's – I think it's huge. It's, like, always pushing yourself just a little bit more, like, with in the conditioning and practice, when we're wrestling live in practice – like I'm wrestling with Snyder and we're like, he's starting in on a double. And like, when I get taken down, like I'm mad about it. Like I'm not happy. All right. My turn it on the double. Hopefully the wall doesn't hurt you too bad, buddy. Like just different things like that. Like we're wrestling, like winning every position. And that's, that comes back to like the whole scrambling thing. Like when we're in a scramble, it's like, I'm going to wrestle as hard as I can through this entire position. If it gets stalemated. Okay. If you take me down, well, right back up. We're going to keep wrestling. Now I got to go get those points back. And it's just always the competitiveness is always like just push me just to do just a little bit more. What, <clears throat> one of the things that like, okay, I tell the kids, don't ever let anyone know you're tired. What? Give me a checklist in your head of like, okay, I'm not putting my head down. I'm not putting my elbows on my knees. Give me a checklist in your head of what you say, either in the practice room or in the competition circle, 
that you have to go, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm never going to let them know I'm tired. Um, Staying up on your feet. Like when people are sitting down there on a knee, I think squatting is okay. Like if I'll be sitting there, like I'll be sitting on my feet, kind of like rocking back and forth. That's okay. But like when people have their knee on the mat, they're sitting there, they're all posted up all sideways, like, like breathing hard. Like I might be breathing hard, but I'm going to be up on my feet, walking around, shaking my arms, just like getting that blood flowing back, just relaxing. And uh, that would be the biggest thing is just don't don't sit there on your knee. When I'm wrestling and someone's just sitting over there on their knee in the corner, whether it's like a review or whatever's going on, I'm like, okay, he's feeling it now. He's feeling it now. And that that's like the main thing that I look for is when people aren't getting back up to their feet or just like the rate at which they get back to the middle. Like you don't have to run back to the middle every single time, but like when people are sitting over there and they're fixing everything and they're – I'm like, yeah, this guy's feeling it. He doesn't want to come back. And so just getting back to the middle, you should never have to stop and, like, wait to come back and wrestle. That's a stop back to the middle. You don't have to run. But when people are, like, sitting there on their knees or when they're taking their sweet time getting ready. Blood in the water. Blood in the water. How does your mindset change once you start to see that in your opponent? Oh, absolutely. That, that's that's when it, I feel like it's really time to pick it up another another notch, because Terrell has been talking to us about this for a couple of weeks, and he's like, when you wrestle a kid who's really busy and they're doing a lot of stuff, and like sometimes like if you lose that match, you're like afterwards when you're thinking about it, it's like he really didn't do a whole lot. He was just busy the whole time. He was always doing something, even if he's not really doing nothing, even if he's just working hard in the hand fight, like that's going to be tough. And then like you're sitting here, you get focused on hand fighting. You're not getting your shots off. You're not scoring. And then even if he doesn't score on you, it's like, well, now I'm tired. And I'm thinking like, I didn't get a takedown, whatever it is. But he's always talking about that. Just being busy. Like when you lose a match and you like, when you think back on it and be like, this guy didn't do anything. Like that should never be a thought in your head. Should always be like, try to be the busier person. Just staying on them. Beautiful. Ridge, love it. Man, all right. We're, we're going to end it on that note. Do me a favor. Tell people where they can get a hold of you or where like, where they can see more of you. Um, Instagram. Instagram is just at Ridge, love it. Yeah. Hit my right. DMs. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. I learned a ton. I appreciate you coming through, brother. Absolutely.